It's another episode of a Revival Town podcast. Chuck Tate here. That's Andy King. Hey, Chuck. How are you doing? Andy, I am doing good, man. How are you doing? We are about to step into a new year, so I am really happy. Oh, man. 2020 is one for the ages. I mean, you think about everything that happened, from elections going crazy to pandemics to... Uh, unrest in cities to I mean you name it we, yeah. it was it was bizarre it really really Sean was. Connery I, passed away I'm telling you oh um, Sean Connery yeah that um, 2021 20 plus 21 is 41 so this is my year man oh <laughs> did everyone see how he did that if you didn't know Chuck wrote a book called what was it called again because I, I it, it's like oh. Oh, 41 some, will come. Uh, people are, some people are cringing like, we get it, 41, shut up. <laughs> I'm uh, just waiting for 42, that's man, all I'm... You know. <laughs> oh, oh, no, man. man. <laughs> so, uh, what... What, looking into the new year, any anything that you're looking at doing new? You know, what I'm looking to do in for real is finish... The proposal for my second book. I really am looking forward. I'm going to, this is the year I will finish my proposal for book number two. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to hold you to that, mate. Yeah, yeah I'm going to hold you to that. I, I, I would love to say I'd like to write a book, and I really, really would. Um, but like you, I mean, we've talked about this. To to really get time to do it, it takes a bit. I mean, I, I know you mentioned you're going to take part of the time to really uh, del- delve into that writing the book, right? Absolutely, it takes some time and um, taking somewhat of a sabbatical during the month of January, and wow. um, at least from preaching. Yeah, but yeah, man, I'm ready. It's going to be a new year, and we got a great interview today. I mean, oh, he's gonna, man. This is the perfect way to end 2020 because this guy is all about resurrection. Oh man, it is honestly, guys, you're about to hear a story. Uh, Chuck starts the whole interview off on a real downer. Way to go, Chuck. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, but you'll hear yeah. it. I mean, I mean, you well, you, that, you want to talk, you want to talk about twenty twenty being a bad year. This this guy's life for for quite some time, uh, it hit a wall, and uh, and all due to really letting uh, things in his own life. And uh, so you are going to going to really enjoy this. So uh, please sit back and relax, grab a coffee, hot chocolate, whatever you want, and enjoy this interview. All right, Andy, we have a very special guest with us in the studio today, a good friend of mine, and he has a um, just a riveting story, a powerful story, and I'm so grateful for this guy. I am, I'm really blessed to be able to call him friend. He's been to Rock Church several times. His book is called Death by 1000 Lies. It's a memoir, and... Um, I know that everyone listening today, Andy, is just gonna gonna sit back and and be inspired to know that God is a God, a true God of of, of resurrection. Um, what I love about Blaine is he he not just a great friend, but he loves pastors, he loves the local church. He's a writer, speaker, coach, advocate. He's a mentor to men. He's a fellow Cowboys fan, and he has preached oh. the very best message on the story of Gideon that I've ever heard. So. Um, Blaine Bartell, welcome to Revival Town Podcast. Hey, it's good to be in Revival Town. I'm all about Revival Town. Andy, good to see you. Chuck, yes. good to be with you again, my friend. Man. Good to so- meet you, Blaine. I have, uh, over the years, uh, followed your ministry many years ago. Uh, used to uh, be on a radio show. I used to host a radio show here in town. And uh, used to have your snippets, some of the things that you would do uh, on the show. So this is this is a bit bizarre, like full circle of actually meeting you after so many years. So this is great. Well, we're true brothers, Andy, because uh, you're from England. I'm from Canada. We love the Queen and Come the on. Commonwealth. Should we do? Should we do the uh, God Save the Queen right now? I think that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we sang that a lot growing up. It's been a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what's so what's so wild is um, Blaine. Last time you were in town, um, 
at, at Rock Church, it was it's actually been been less than a year ago that you were you were with us and I was telling you a lot about Andy and then we went to lunch and ran into him. So you didn't you did meet yeah. him briefly for like, you know, That's thirty right. seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because I'll never forget that look on Chuck's face because you were just talking about yeah, me. Like, and I hope he didn't turned. hear us. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were at Jason's Deli. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, there, there you were, Andy. So, yeah. We're just bring, hey, I'm all about bringing people back together. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> right on. Oh, man. Well, Blaine, let's, I, I want to give you plenty of time to, to, to share your story because, I, I mean, at one time you were probably the most sought after youth communicator in our nation. Um, you were a part of the, the very first ever Christian sitcom and you hosted Fire by Night. You were on staff at Church on the Move. I mean, you've planted churches and churches and you, you, you've pastored. Um, you grew the, the nation's largest youth ministry and um, built a multi-million dollar facility there at Church on the Move for that. And you've done so much. And then, um, man, you lost everything. And it's been um, so cool how God has not just restored you, but resurrected. So mm. resurrected you, and it's going to encourage so many of, of our listeners. And um, you've helped so many people. You've helped me, and um, I just love you. So let's 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 have you tell your story. Wow! Yeah, you just depressed me going through all that, <laughs> especially the part where I, I lost everything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, should we end the show now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. And, and, and let me just say, and we're going to give away one of your books during the podcast. But um, Oh, good. Good. Um, you know what? Yeah. I, mean, I, I couldn't stop reading it. That's why I mean, it's so it's so powerful. I mean, it's um, I, I literally um, I started reading and I read throughout the night. I didn't I just I couldn't stop reading um, your story. Well, I appreciate it, Chuck. Yeah, I wrote, you know, that's why I wrote the book. Um, I remember writing it. Uh, it took me five different versions of the book before I got it right. But I wanted to be honest. I wanted to be transparent. I knew if uh, if I just tell the truth, men would relate to it. And I would speak into probably areas of their corners and secrets of their lives that maybe they would be willing to uh, address. And uh, so it's... Uh, it's been a it's been an awesome journey the last eleven years. I mean, it's coming up on eleven years since my uh, my crisis, my train wreck, uh, Easter of two thousand and ten. Uh, I was pastoring in Frisco, Texas. Build, uh, you know, in three years, we uh, by God's grace and really some really good staff that worked really hard uh, with me. Uh, built a church from you know, a few families to about 800 people. And we were ready for Easter Sunday, 2010. Uh, we would have over a thousand that day, uh, being Easter. And uh, the Sunday before, I was excited, you know. I was like, man, Palm Sunday was great. A record crowd, Easter's going to be amazing. And by Wednesday of that day, uh, my life was over. And uh, it completely ended. And uh, it ended through uh, just a gracious but terrifying uh, disclosure and exposure of a secret sin that I've been uh, just walking with, trying to deal with, trying to overcome, but uh, really not doing the right thing with it uh, for 23 years. And it started, it started uh, in a hotel room traveling, speaking, uh, during my, uh, first part of my, my, my ministry days, I had a, you know, I think you mentioned a television show and I was a sought after speaker in those, in those times. And I traveled every weekend and I was, uh, exhausted after a couple of years of that, not really caring for my soul or my marriage or my family, uh, just living for achievement and success and uh, all in the name of Jesus, of course. But I gave in one night to uh, what I call the red button. And I'd seen that red button on several, several television uh, stands. Uh, it was a, a button for adult movies. And uh, I'd never pushed it, wanted to different times, but never had pushed it. And for whatever reason, 
every defense that I had in my soul uh, was gone that night. I was exhausted. Uh, I felt entitled. I felt like I deserved a break. I felt like, well, this can't hurt me. I'm just curious. And I'd never had a porn problem in my life. Didn't grow up with porn. Uh, wasn't an issue. Never found it in my dad's bedroom, anything like that. But I, I hit the red button and uh, began to look at this new world of, uh, you know, pornography. And uh, it lasted for about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, finally turned it off. And I, I really made, at that moment, the worst decision of that evening, which wasn't hitting the red button. It was going down to the front desk and uh, paying for the movie, making sure it was uh, taken off the bill so that my, my host, Church, would not see the charge. And really, Chuck and Andy, it was the beginning of uh, a 23-year cover-up and struggle with this vice in my life. And uh, I repented. That night, I cried. I felt like uh, I was going to hell. And yet, by morning, I felt like God had forgiven me. Uh, I woke up early, read the scripture, prayed, committed to purity, committed to never walking down that path again. And I didn't for six months. But six months later, I find myself in the same place. Uh, I do it again. Uh, walk through, you know, the whole Psalm 51 again, repent, pray, ask God to forgive again. And this time it's three months and then it's one month and then it's a few weeks until finally it literally became uh, just a weekly, uh, you know, stronghold in my life. The world would call it an addiction, but uh, if you want to use Bible terms, uh, stronghold, captivity, enslavement, yeah, yeah. sin. And uh, I could not stop. I could not quit. Uh, I, I would have seasons where I felt like I would make progress, but it was only a force of will. Uh, I would just keep falling right back into it. And, you know, the problem with sin, the struggle with sin and lust on any level is if we don't deal with it in the right way, uh, and we'll talk about what that way is, but uh, if you don't deal with it in the right way, it only escalates. Uh, you know, lust demands more continually. And so, you know, the demanding of more for me led me down a, a path into, you know, calling, you know, sex hotlines and uh, eventually reaching out for sexual experiences online, whether it was uh, massage parlors or, you know, rendezvous with, you know, anonymous women or escorts or prostitution or whatever. I mean, you name it. I eventually found my way there. And it was an ugly world, uh, a world in which I lived two lives and uh, separated those and compartmentalized those lives in my own mind uh, and in my own soul. You know, I had this, this underworld uh, that my name in that underworld was Curtis McKenzie and a completely different identity, completely uh, different personality, different person. And, uh, and then I had my Blaine Bartell world, uh, the ministry world, the church world. Uh, and I effectively learned to live in both worlds for, for years and years and years. And I felt like a hypocrite. It felt ugly. It felt awful. Uh, but I, uh, I just couldn't bring myself to do what was necessary to actually get free. Yeah. And that was confession. And I could not bring myself to confession. And maybe, you know, I think, you know, uh, ministers that might be listening right now uh, would, would understand why, you know. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of cost to confession, right, guys? Absolutely, which is probably why most guys don't say anything. And and a question that I have for you is is back to pushing the red button and going down to the front desk and paying for it because obviously the church that brought you in would be paying for the room and you wouldn't want that to be on the bill. Was there ever a time during during those seasons where you you were freaked out thinking the church is going to find out somehow? I mean, I'm paying for oh. this, but I mean... 
and then just kind of hope all, no one ever said anything, right? Yeah, all the time. You know, there was, I lived literally every day with fear, uh, fear of disclosure, fear that somehow it's going to leak, fear that somebody I've been with is going to see me on television. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember not taking interviews anymore. Uh, like with local media, national media, getting calls from like Christian broadcasting networks and saying, no, I don't want to do it because I, I was afraid of the exposure. I was afraid somebody was going to see me in my, my secret world and expose me. So I, and I, and there were a lot of close calls. I mean, I, I got mugged one night. Uh, I mean, if I would have, if I would have been taken to the hospital, uh, you know, it would have been over that night. Uh, wow. they would I don't know who I was. It would have been some kind of report. Uh, uh, I, I remember uh, another night in uh, Miami, walked into a, a strip club. Guy walks up to me within 10 minutes and says, hey, aren't you Blaine Bartell with Fire by Night? And uh, I was like, well, there's no way of getting around <laughs> this. And uh, this story I is in my your... way up. You know, I yeah. just said, yeah, I am. You know, the Lord told me to come in here and there <laughs> was a, a reason why. And, uh, and uh, maybe it's because he wanted me to tell you that you shouldn't be here. I mean, can you believe yeah. that? I, you do, you tell that story in your book and, uh, just, yeah. just that story alone is, is, is worth getting the book. And I'm like the, yeah, the, 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 the adrenaline, the fear, the, like the freak out moment. And then to, yeah, to flip that and, and, and the guy bought it, right? I mean, you helped the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I helped him, but I, I felt awful walking yeah. out because yeah. oh. I left him in all this shame and I'm walking out like I'm an angel. And, uh, but that's, that's why I call the book death by a thousand lies. Yeah. I mean, I, I turned into a professional liar. I lied to people, lied to, uh, my ministry friends and colleagues. I lied to my family, to my wife, my kids, and really lied to myself. And the lie I told myself was, I'll eventually get over this. I'll mm. eventually win this battle by myself. Mm. It was awful. Wow. Wow. So, so what were some of the, you know, the, the turning points for you, Blaine? Like, obviously, that you are living with, uh, you know, guilt and conviction. But what was that moment when, God, I need you compared to... I can get through this myself. What, what was that turning point? <laughs> well, I think it would have come when this woman looked at me and said, I know who you are and I'm going to expose you and I'm going to the media. And unless you go back and confess to your church and your wife, mm. that would have been that moment where I yeah. said, okay, God, I really need you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't choose the moment, man. The yeah. moment chose me. Right. And, and so this woman, and she wasn't a, she wasn't an escort. She was just a woman I anonymously found online, and she had no idea who I really was until she began to get really suspicious. I'd seen her a couple times, and uh, she finally, you know, found an ingenious way to discover my true identity. And she googled me and found all all this background and history, obviously, of who I was. I mean, I was all over the internet with uh, websites and social media and whatever. And, and so uh, she, uh, she said, you know, you're, you're going to get clean or I'm going to expose you. So I, had, I really had no choice. Uh, I guess I could have talked myself, tried to talk my way out of it. And I think I did, you know, a little bit. But in the end, I just, I said, okay, gigs up. I need help. And uh, I just went uh, to my best friend and who was on my board at my church and confessed everything to him. And he walked me through disclosure with my family, uh, resigned from my church and began a life of figuring out uh, life after life after train wreck, eventually life after divorce. Uh, you know, my wife, uh, worked really hard to try to make our marriage work. Uh, but in the end, she just couldn't. She had just completely lost hope and trust and the full disclosure of everything that I had done. And I didn't blame her for that. No one could have. And so, yeah, it was just, 
And that'll drive you, Andy, to your knees, uh, nearly to the grave. I mean, I, I, uh, I made a lame attempt at suicide and a couple other close attempts following that. But thankfully, it drove me to, uh, to, to death. I call it uh, death by a thousand lives. I needed to die. The old blame needed to go away. And uh, it drove me to complete crucifixion with Christ, uniting with Him in, in, in true death of uh, who I was and, 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 and who I'd become, and uh, eventually finding out that there was a pathway to resurrection uh, and, a, and a new life. Uh, but it was humiliating. It was, uh, it was a, a period of absolute brokenness, uh, depression, discouragement, uh, isolation, uh, losing friends. Uh, losing family, losing my children for a period of time who wanted nothing to do with me. Uh, it was an awful, awful time in my life, but sometimes we have to walk through those times, those valleys of shadows of death uh, to get to uh, resurrection. I know I had to. You know, Blaine, I'm, I remember when, I mean, I, I, I met you the first time, um, on the Young Revival Techno Tour when I was a youth pastor in Ohio and brought you in. And my pastor ended up being out of town and it was just up to me to host you. And I, I remember sitting at a TGA Fridays, I think it was, and just having dinner and, 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 and not knowing you um, that well and meeting you later on after that through, through Eastman when I worked for him in, in, in Tulsa. And I just always followed you, even even prior to those days in the fire by night days. I went to the, the the leadership congress in Tulsa and and took took a team to to, to learn from you. And so when all this blew up, um, you know, I I remember sending you a message and you wrote me back. And you were doing consulting, church consulting at the time, because there was um, a season where. You were, you know, committed to um, some overseers, and you weren't going to speak in, in a church. And during this this restoration um, season, and the, the thing that stands out, and I'm not sure if I told you this, Andy, but um, we we flew Blaine out because we were considering hiring him as a as a consultant just to to help us with leadership and yeah. um, and you know not 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 preaching and teaching, just you know church leadership and, and training and staff and strategizing and, yeah. you know, Blaine is an, an expert. Um, and the, the thing that most impressed me was we, you got off the plane, we went straight to lunch and you said, listen, before we go any further, you need to know my story and you need to know what I did and you need, I'm just going to lay it all out. And you just were so transparent and just laid everything out. And it was in that moment I knew, man, we're, we're hiring you because, you know, and you did, you walked us through some seasons. And, um, I, you know, what I was really impressed with is um, we were in a series called Throwdown that weekend when you flew out and we were preaching about throwing down our sin and I asked you, I said, hey, I know you, you can't preach, but I'd love to bring you on the stage and sit you down and just interview you. And you said, nope, not going to do it. I'm committed to, to this, this plan, and I'm committed to my, my overseers. And most guys, they would have done it. Like, okay, yeah, we're just, it's just an interview. And you were, I mean, you were all in. And God really did resurrect you. And um, I just, man, I'm just so grateful to have you in my life and for your willingness now to to pour into other men and, and to women and into marriages and all of the above. So thank you, man. Well, Chuck, you know, I, I knew I needed Jesus and I knew I needed time for Jesus to show up in my world and complete that resurrection before. I mean, I, honestly, I mean, the first year I didn't think I'd ever go back into ministry. I was exploring all kinds of other options for, for career and for work. It was only, God's grace and some really, you know, good men in my life that encouraged me to step back into some kind of ministry. Mm. And it's completely different from what it was before. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I knew that I, I needed time. And, uh, that's one of the things I, you know, ministers are going to fall. I mean, I'm in, I'm in good company. You know, I'm, when I get to heaven, I'm going to talk to David 
uh, <laughs> about his thing with Bathsheba. And I'm just going to remind him, I didn't kill anybody, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know you're a man after God's own heart, but I didn't kill anybody, bro. So, you know, but I, I joke about that and have fun with that. But, you know, I just love that the Bible is uh, a pretty dirty book, a pretty uh, messy book. And, uh, but at the same time, while we find ourselves in messes, we can't just, you know, kind of sweep it under the carpet and say, well, I'm good. You know, I told, I told somebody or I prayed or whatever, uh, we need, we need whatever that root was that messed us up, that got us to that point to be pulled out, to have our hearts healed, to have our minds renewed and, and to be really transformed so that we don't go and hurt both ourselves and somebody else again. And, uh, that's the thing about my sin. Yeah. It destroyed me. Uh, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk about what it did to my wife. Let's talk about what it did to my kids. Let's talk about the people that were absolutely destroyed in my church that believed in me. Let's talk about people that really put faith and trust in me and as a minister that maybe walked away from their faith because, well, what, you know, if flame's not the real deal, then who is, you know? So I, I never wanted to re-enter any kind of leadership and hurt anybody ever again, or enter into any kind of relationship again in, in the ministry uh, and hurt them again. So it was really important for me to make sure my life was right. Uh, and, 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 and to your credit, Chuck, uh, when that time did come, and it was three years before I spoke publicly ever again, uh, you were the first church ever that I, I spoke at uh, on that three-year anniversary uh, you had extended your, your heart and an invitation to come and speak to your church. And there was no better church for me to speak to oh, thanks, man. than people of, of rock church because they loved me and so embraced me. And, uh, I just felt like, man, this is a, this is a new day. And you, uh, gave me permission to tell my story. And from there, man, God has just opened up so many beautiful doors, not for me, uh, but so many beautiful doors for his resurrection story to come through me and help to bring resurrection in the lives of others. So tell us a little bit about that. Let's go down that, that path a little bit. Uh, you know, you, like you said, three years after um, everything blows up, you're now at a place where you come to Rock Church here in Peoria and uh, shared your story. What was the journey like after that? Like, uh, not only how God opened doors, but what also can you share a little bit um, about some of the things that you put in your life so you don't go down that path again? Great question, Andy. Bro, that's the thing, you know, because when I went to rehab, I mean, I paid $30,000 for 30 days of rehab. My church offered to pay it. But I said no, uh, because I wanted to experience financial pain. I wanted to be committed and invested in it. Yeah. And I remember getting out, Andy, of rehab, getting on a plane to go home and seeing a flight attendant on that plane that was dressed rather beautifully, <laughs> to put it mildly. And I remember lusting. And I remember thinking, I have not changed. Like I just spent all this money and learned all these things about myself and about, about freedom and about sobriety and recovery. And I haven't changed. Like, when is this ever going to happen? So the pathway to resurrection is a arduous pathway. Uh, I didn't experience a miracle of freedom. There wasn't this, you know, divine, you know, shot from heaven that just released me from the captivity of porn and lust. Uh, I had to really dig in deeply. And so I, I would say uh, it was a couple years of counseling every week, a couple years of group work with men, where I just came in honest uh, with men every week, actually several groups every week, and uh, did the work. And Christian groups, you know, uh, one of those was Celebrate Recovery. Uh, it was being accountable uh, in a most vulnerable, transparent way with three different men in my life. Uh, and that has never stopped. 
that continues uh, 11 years later to this day. It was digging in deep to the scripture. It was inviting uh, Jesus to, to be deeply uh, in, my, in my life every day, uh, figuring out new routines of prayer, uh, uh, digging deeply into what it really means to be a, a Christ follower. And uh, I, I, you know, and about a year and three months later, I can tell you that even though I had some stumbles in that first year and three months, uh, God completely set me free. And uh, I have not had a relapse in that world, porn, acting out, any other part of that world in, uh, well, I'm in my ninth year. Uh, and, and the beautiful thing, Andy and Chuck, is there's no willpower to it. There is, you know, I don't get up every day and just kind of white knuckle it and get through another day. It is complete freedom. It is just absolute joyful freedom. And it doesn't mean that I couldn't fall. Uh, I'm, I, I walk in the, uh, humility each day, uh, knowing that without the grace of God, uh, I, could, I could fall right back into it. But I also walk in a, in a freedom walk where I continue to put these measures into practice every single day. I live in the brotherhood. I live into honesty. I live into confession. I live into uh, a real community. I, I, I'm, I'm living into this Jesus life uh, every day. And uh, I realize that without without Christ, uh, resurrection is utterly impossible. Yeah. So uh, it's just a beautiful life. Uh, I, I, I just love the life I live today. It's so wonderful not to be bound and not to be depressed and not to be... Uh, uh, living in fear, living in lies. Uh, and Chuck will tell you when we get together, uh, man, I'm, I just refuse to be a surface friend anymore. You know, I ask him honest questions and he asks me honest questions and, uh, what a beautiful life that is, is to to live into true brotherhood and, and true, uh, true community. I love that. I love that Blaine. And, and, now you you are mentoring men, and um, and you're telling the truth. Last time you were with me, you're like, "How you doing?" I mean, you're not afraid to ask anybody the tough questions. So, for 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 guys that reach out to you, and not just men, but um, perhaps even um, you know women and and you know wives and marriages. But when when somebody reaches out to you and says, "Hey, I need to deal with this, but I want to deal with it in the right way," what is the right way to deal with it? Well, uh, yeah, that's. You know, uh, it's been four years ago now. We started this coaching ministry uh, to men and and couples. Uh, so uh, Lori and I do couples work as well in repairing marriages, but mostly uh, I'm 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 talking to guys. So yeah, you know, when a guy comes and says, "Hey, man, I'm," you know, I get an email or I get a text or I get a social media message. Uh, my my immediate answer is, "Man, congratulations." You know, I just cheer you on that you finally got honest with somebody. And I'm glad I could be that man because uh, you can trust me with your secrets. And that's the first thing is they need to know that uh, I'm trustworthy. You know, I would have done anything, Chuck, to have somebody that I could tell all my secrets to that wouldn't tell the world, that wouldn't force me into anything else, but just, just honesty and disclosure. And so that's all I ask of a guy is come in, come clean, be honest, tell me what, what's going on, and I'll guide you. I'll help you. Uh, you know, we'll talk about, you know, what freedom looks like and, and what, it, what a journey uh, back to, uh, back to you know, uh, living a resurrected life is going to look like, and, and uh, I'll help you through that. So I have a, really have a, about a one-year journey I do with men. The first uh, three months are intensive. I work weekly with them. We uh, either meet in my home office if they're local or meet online on a, on a Zoom call of some kind uh, if they're outside my city. And uh, I have an online small group that only guys that I coach are invited to. So it's a very private, uh, confidential, trustworthy group of men that we do life with every Tuesday night. And they get to be a part of that, uh, which is completely life-altering to uh, be with fellow men, fellow ministers. Uh, this is a collection of men in ministry and marketplace uh, that just go to work every uh, every Tuesday night. And some of these guys have been with me three years. Some of them are 
you know, a year. Some of them are, you know, new. Uh, but there's a there's a, a systematic uh, resurrection program that I walk them through that is uh, both uh, puts uh, and, and, and works psychology and the things that I've learned in my own counseling, uh, but also is a very deep spiritual work of uh, really death and resurrection in their life and understanding uh, what that looks like in a very practical way and the beautiful thing is guys are getting free and living free and staying free man well and i know there's probably so, guys i'm sorry yeah i want no, to so <laughs> well i know there's guys listening right now that um you've just instilled hope in their heart that they can that they can be free that they can be resurrected that they can experience the freedom and the joy and, and it's evident by just listening to you today that you are you are walking it out you're getting up you don't hate yourself anymore you don't want to end your life you are you have experienced the resurrection of Christ and i know that there are guys right now listening that they desperately need that how can they connect with you well you know, the easiest thing would just be go to our website, blainebartel.com. Uh, uh, you can also find me on social media. Look me up on Twitter, on Facebook. Send me a private message. Uh, and, uh, you know, just there's a place on our website to just say, hey, I'm interested in coaching. You can send me a, a uh, basically a very, very private message only. I get those. It comes directly to me. And uh, there'll be complete confidentiality. And uh, so whether you just want to explore what those options are or you just need somebody to confess to, I have lots of guys that just come and they confess. And I uh, get, on a, get on a phone with them, give them some guidance. They don't have to do my coaching program. Uh, in fact, I'm super excited about this, Chuck. Uh, in 2021, we're introducing, uh, I think it's the first time it's ever been done anywhere in the country, but we're, I'm, I'm actually, we're building a website right now that is going to be uh, a crisis confessional for ministers. Uh, and all it is going to be is a place where they can anonymously uh, and confidentially confess, A, I'm struggling with a secret sin, or B, I'm thinking depressing thoughts, have suicidal thoughts, we're, we just have so many people in ministry right now that feel like they have no place to turn, whether it's mental health issues or sexual health issues. And uh, their IP address or whatever that's called is, will not be in that confessional, will not know where the, where the note came from, who they are, unless they want to reveal that to us. Uh, but wow. we're going to be able to provide help, resources, next steps for them. And uh, I'm so excited because I would have done anything to have something like yeah, that, yeah. just to know. I can tell somebody what I'm dealing with and not fear reprisal. I can find first steps to getting help in in my world. So that that is just so needed. So, wow. guys, if you're listening, whether you're in ministry or not, uh, reach out to us. Uh, we'll we'll give you some steps and help to guide you uh, into a a pathway of, of new beginnings. Yeah, I love that. So go to check it out, blainebartell.com, blainebartell.com. In fact, we're going to give away one of your books right now. So uh, for those of you that are listening, if you want a copy of Blaine's book, it's called Death by a Thousand Lies, just email us. Go to revivaltownpodcast.com, revivaltownpodcast.com. Send us an email on why you want Blaine's book, and we're going to pick somebody and one or two and, and send you out a book. Well, well, Blaine, this is the last podcast of 2020, so excited about 2021, the new beginning, especially because when you add 2021, you get 41. So uh, we know 41 will come for guys that are out there listening today. Can you close us out in prayer? Because I know there are men, there are women that are struggling right now, and this is... Uh, it's not an accident that they're listening today. This is a divine appointment. Yeah. And I really believe that as you pray, God is going to begin that new journey towards resurrection. Oh, thank you for, for the opportunity to do that, Chuck. Lord, we uh, just come to you in this moment, and I pray for, uh, for guys that are listening, maybe even women that are struggling. We know women struggle with this as well. I uh, pray for one thing. I pray for courage. Uh, we're reminded uh, in the book of James that our confession of sin is not just to you uh, to find forgiveness, but it is also to one another to find healing. 
that there's healing that comes in prayer. There's healing that comes in confession to those that we can trust in our lives, whether it's a pastor or a, a confidant or a friend. So I pray for courage, Lord, that you would give grace and courage to people that are listening to take that first step and just reach out for help and to confess and just say, I need God's grace in my life. That's where life turned for me. Finally disclosing, finally availing myself to those that could really put me on the operating table and see my heart and my soul healed. So give them that courage and Lord, bring the right people into their life that will love them through this process of resurrection to overcome our sin, to overcome our brokenness, to find out what got us there and how we can uh, move forward. So give grace today. Thank you for uh, each and every listener, Lord. Bless their homes, bless their families, protect them. Uh, Lord, as, as you taught us to pray, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Man, Andy, what do you think? Oh, <laughs> that's good. Blaine, thank you so much for being with us today. But uh, we haven't finished yet. We do something always at the end of the show uh, to where we're just going to ask three big questions. Now, these aren't questions that are going to uh, change the world, uh, but they definitely, uh, people are going to get to know you a lot better. So I've got the first one, Chuck. All right, let's do You it. obviously have um, uh, been around the world right you've been to many many places what is your favorite place in the world well good question and i know you know i should say uh england andy but uh, honestly i've only stopped there once and it was a quick uh quick stop on a flight to uh africa but i would you know i would say the greatest experience i ever had was actually going to africa i mean i i love australia uh there's beautiful parts of South America that I've been to, but I, I did a trip with a church planner and we literally went back into uh, uh, the, the jungles of Malawi on a Jeep. And uh, one of the shocks went out on the Jeep on the way home out of this jungle to plant a church. And it was midnight and we heard the roar of lions as we're hanging off the Jeep holding holding one side of the Jeep up so the, the tire wouldn't rub against the, the wheel well. Oh it was it, it was the most memorable. Amazing, <laughs> and I remember, I remember in my headphones on my Walkman back in the 90s playing uh, the Lion King soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, no, that's good. I'm going to say Africa. That's okay. Man, I, I love it. And I've been, to, I've been to Africa. I've been to Kenya. And um, I joke with Andy, I have been to England. For 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, but in those 24 it's hours, it's I did it all, man. <laughs> I drove by Big Ben. I rode the top of a triple-decker bus. I ate fish and chips at a pub. I mean, I did it all in those 24 hours. But, um, but man, funny. that's cool. Africa. That's what. That's scary too, man. But um, yeah, that could that could be a whole, whole new podcast. <laughs> um, all right. Next next question. Um, you, you grew up in in Canada. That's kind of close to the North Pole. I don't know. Um, at what age did you realize Santa wasn't real? And how'd you find out? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Shut you, you. That's what you tell me. That's what you tell me Jesus isn't real, man. Come on, bro. Oh, Canadians my. never stop believing in yeah, Santa Claus. Yeah. Oh. No, I, I, uh, I guess... I never wanted to stop believing in Santa Claus because my, my parents warned us that if we ever did, the, the gifts were going to stop. So it's probably after high school. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, it was such a big deal for us. Christmas was huge because there was always snow. We lived among evergreens. Uh, it was just uh, such a beautiful time of the year, uh, every year for us. And, and I still love it to this day. I mean, I just celebrate like crazy at Thanksgiving with my, my sons and my family. It's uh, just, uh, yeah, it, you know, it just happened a few days ago. What a, what a great moment and yeah. such a great time for, for family. All right. Here's, here's a crazy one. F most memorable Christmas gift. 
Well, that's easy. Uh, it was, I was about eight years old, Andy, and I came down that morning. Uh, I saw this really, these really tall packages standing up against the wall and mom and dad came down and we opened those first and we all got a pair of snow skis. Oh. And, uh, and then we jumped in the car after we opened our gifts and went to, uh, Fernie, British Columbia, which has this beautiful mountain to snow ski on. And that was the beginning of a career in snow skiing. I was a, uh, a freestyle skier, uh, growing up. I actually won a gold medal for acrobatic, uh, ski jumping. Uh, uh so I was a provincial champion wow. and, uh, and then I've skied all of my life since, uh, so go to Colorado and. Utah, and so skiing just became a part of my life after that Christmas, and uh, something that I still to this day love, love and enjoy. That's so cool. Yeah, wow, it's fun is, stuff. It has been amazing having you on the podcast today, Blaine, and uh, I do pray that uh, people will connect with you, especially uh, folks that are struggling in certain areas. Uh, like you mentioned, not just the whole sexual side, but also mental health, and and wanting to just be able to reach out. Uh, feel like there is someone that they can reach out to and we, we pray that they will connect with you. We we love loved having you on today. When you are in Peoria again next time, we will physically have you on the podcast uh, in the studio with us for sure. But uh, we just wanted to say thank you for being with us today. Man, wasn't that good? Just I, I love Blaine. I love his story. I love his heart. For people, for men, the local church, Blaine really is such um, just a good guy, and he's been a, a, a true friend to me, and I'm grateful for him. Yeah, he talked about that new website they're bringing out. That is going to be incredible for men. Not just men. I mean, he, he mentions that it's not just for men, but just a place for people to go that is safe Yep, and, uh, and be able to get help. I just appreciate it. He could have given up, right? He could have. He was like... On top of the mountain, everything comes crashing down. He could have give up. And he yeah. even talks about he tried to give up. And yeah. yet, God had a yeah. plan. Yep, God resurrected him. And he wants to resurrect you. So you're going to head into 2021. Believe in your heart that God will sustain you. And you can move from just surviving to thriving. Oh, look at you. That rhymes. Hey, put that in the book. Come on, book number two <laughs> from Surviving to Thriving. You know what's next, though. Tate and his mate. Maybe that'll be the name of my book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We've had fun with this. We have had fun with these names, these yeah. words. If you're listening for the first time, we take an English word or an English phrase or rhyming cockney slang uh, and uh, i throw a word at chuck uh if you didn't know i'm from england so that's why i get to throw the english words at chuck and he has to try and guess what the word or the phrase is he's not very good at no, it i'm just not very good at it anyway. all right you ready for this i'm one? ready I'm, I'm always ready i just okay um let's <laughs> let's put this let's, let's let's do this one england england is known for tipping it down. For tipping it down. Hmm. Tipping it down. Tipping it down. Tipping it down. If I'm going to tipping it down, I see. If um, how about if um, if I meet somebody and they're pretty cool, I'm, it's almost like tipping my hat. I'm tipping it down. It's like nice, <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm tipping it down. You the man. You the man, Andy. Is that oh, it? Oh my God! You're so my mate. Good. I'm tipping it down to you. I hey Blaine, I'm tipping it down. Come on. <laughs> Hey, Mike, I'm tipping it down. I'm tipping it down. If you yeah. can see him right now. He's like going around like a chicken trying to try, try to get food off the I'm table. It <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't mean that at all. Oh, okay. Tipping it down means raining. Rain? Yeah. Are you kidding me? So... <laughs> Well, yeah. So, for instance, God's tipping it down. So, so, a lot of time this time of year, you know, like in New York, everyone goes to Times Square. In the UK, they go to London and they do a huge firework display, massive firework display. Most of the year, most most years, though, it's tipping it down with rain. But the firework display, right? Yeah, is paid by the lottery. 
that is not claimed during the year. Did okay, you know that? No, and I did not know that. So obviously people are, are putting money in. Now, this happened many years ago. I don't know if they still do it, but originally when, and it all started at, at 2000, when we went into 2000 from 1999 to 2000, um, there may be kids listening. That was a year. Um, <laughs> but when that happened, the lottery money paid for the fireworks of London. Okay. And so every year now they do that. Wow. So that it doesn't come out of taxpayers' money or anything like that. Yeah, so so this oh, year it so will most probably be tipping it down on uh, going into New Year's. So it means to rain? Yeah, so uh, if it was raining today, uh, we'd say, man, it's tipping tip- it down. So and if you're going to rain down some fireworks, that would be tipping it down? <laughs> yeah, tipping it down with fireworks. <laughs> tipping it down with fireworks or, or they start throwing the extra lottery money. Or it's it down. <laughs> it's, it's r- tipping it down with the money. <laughs> Tipping it down. So there Tipping you go. There's a, now, Make it rain. I think people could try and put that into an everyday sentence yeah. uh, this next week. If it's raining at all, yeah. just go up to someone and say, man, it's tipping it down. It's tipping it down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that. Tipping it down. Oh, man. That's, that's, that's good. That's good. So, <laughs> Chuck, it's been another amazing <laughs> podcast. The last of the year. We are about to go into a new year. And uh, so I just want to thank you for um, friendship. Hey, thank you. For having a laugh, uh, laughing at each other. I laugh at you a lot. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for allowing that. And uh, everyone listening, please make sure you're telling people about the podcast. We are trying to uh, just bring a bit of lighthearted hope to people throughout the world. And so please make sure that you're sharing, letting people know. And uh, And happy... Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chuck. listening to this episode of Revival Town Podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, head on over to RevivalTownPodcast.com. Oh,